I tell you what, we have been so blessed, continue to be blessed by the ministry of Brother Mays. What, what a blessing. God sent him our way just at the right time. I'm telling you, it has been such a blessing. And he has fed this church and given us direction from the Holy Ghost. And it's not over. It's not over. Praise God. Amen. I want him to come again tonight. I want him to take his liberty. I want him to preach whatever he feels on his heart tonight. Amen. Come, elder. Amen. Obey the Holy Ghost tonight. Praise. Oh, let's love him all over the house. Let's really love him. Ah. Oh, Lord, our Lord. Woo, how excellent is thy name. Oh, how excellent is thy name. I praise your name, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I bless your name, God. I just kind of got a homesick feeling. I kind of just got a homesick feeling. Ah, tonight is just a little prelude of what we're going to feel. Ah, and it's going to be forever and ever and ever and ever. One round of joy. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I kind of got a homesick feeling. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you turn me to Joshua chapter 5. Ah, my, my. Wow, I'm I'm probably not going to be very, very long tonight. Amen. Some of you say, oh, praise God. Amen. 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 But I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Amen. I am feeling, oh, my, it feels good in the house tonight. Amen. I said it feels good in the house tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Joshua chapter 5. Amen. Starting at verse number 10. Amen. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna any more but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as the captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Amen. Now we just sang that song that said he put shoes on my feet. Amen. And now I'm going to preach about taking the shoes off. 
And this verse of Scripture, I specifically want to take my text from verse 15, and I want to preach about a barefoot breakthrough. Ah, I said I want to preach about a barefoot breakthrough tonight. Ah, somebody lift up your hands and love him right now in Jesus' name. Oh, God. Ah, praise your name. I praise your name. God, I'm going to give you the glory. I'm going to give you the honor. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, I love you, God. I praise your name. I praise your name. Lord, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I love you. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. My daughter uh, has a, a way of uh, coming at the most unusual time. She said, Dad, you know you owe them people about $1,000. And I said, what for? She said, well, you said you give $100 for everybody that ran. She said, I think there was about 10 of them or so that ran. So she said, you owe them $1,000. <laughs> I said, well, I hope they take Monopoly money. But thank you all for worshiping. Amen. It's always been the desire of God to bless his people. Amen. From the beginning when he created man and placed Adam in the garden of Eden, God blessed him. Uh, for we can read in Genesis chapter 1 verses 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. I'm glad God put that in there. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I'm not going to take the time tonight to go into every area of how God desires to bless his people. But the blessings of God are contingent upon obedience. For in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2, God says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth, and all the blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And I'm going to stop here for just a moment moment tonight I want to tell somebody sitting in this house tonight if you will obey the voice of God if you will hearken diligently to him I said he is fixing to bless you I said he is fixing to bless you you can write it down it's a promise in this book I said it's a promise in the book the psalmist informs us in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 4, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, uh, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, uh, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Uh, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, uh, but they are like the shaft which the wind driveth away. I'm talking about a blessing. I said, I'm talking about a blessing. Uh, he continues this principle in Psalm 37, verses 3 through 5, where he states, Trust in the Lord and do good. So 
shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee desires of thine heart commit thy way unto the Lord if you oh God trust in him also and he shall bring it to pass the word of God is very 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 plain if you want to be blessed you must first obey oh help me Jesus However, God's blessings are not only blessings of prosperity, as some would have you believe. But what is of most importance is that God has always wanted to see his people live a life of spiritual victory and success. He has desired his people live a life of spiritual power and authority through him and through faith in his name. Can I hear an amen? And that's why and how the psalmist states in both Psalm 60 and 12 and again in Psalm 108 and 13 that through God we shall do valiantly for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Ah, Brother Nelson, I'm glad it's not on my own ability but I got somebody in my corner. Ah, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. My God, if you're here tonight and feeling down and depressed, amen, you got a right to lift your voice and shout. You got a right to, oh God, you got a right to stand to your feet, amen, and put the devil under your feet. Put the devil under your feet. Romans chapter 8 verse 35 uh, amen uh, can so boldly state uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ uh, shall tribulation uh, or distress uh, or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword then in verse 37 he says nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us oh thank God it's through him As we enter into the spiritual realm, God has promised us. The scripture that we just read lets us know there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be distress. There's going to be persecution, famine, nakedness, and peril. Amen. And although we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, we must be prepared for confrontation because there is no progress without resistance. And there cannot be any victory without first there being a battle. I said, for there can be no victory without there first being a battle. If we're going to claim our promise of revival, spiritual growth, and victory, we are going to have to fight. I said, we're going to have to fight because hell's not giving up without a fight. Living for God is not pie in the sky and a life of bliss and ecstasy. It is warfare. I said, it's warfare. It's This is why the Apostle Paul instructed the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, amen, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Understand there is going 
going to be battles. There will be troubles. There will be trials. But we are assured of the victory if we realize that the battle is not ours. It belongs to God. And we learn to depend on God's word and his battle plan. In the two chapters of Joshua from where we take our text today, this is exactly what Joshua and the children of Israel had to do. Joshua, Jericho, excuse me, was a fortress city. It was a symbol of the enemy's strength and power. It was made up of men and women that had wholly been given over to idol worship. This city had walls. Amen. Great walls that spoke of its great strength. Some say its walls were so thick that you could have drove a chariot around on them. It had a reputation of being indestructible. And it was this city that stood directly opposed to Israel's inheritance. The children of Israel had just begun to taste the goodness of the inheritance. And they were actually eating the fruit of the promised land. For we read in Joshua chapter 5, verse 12, And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of Canaan that year. Now here they are. They have crossed over into Jordan, into Canaan, and they are doing exactly what the, what the psalmist said they would do in Psalm 34 and 7 when he said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, but this mighty fortress of Jericho stood in their way. Is that not just the way it is in our spiritual walk? We have feasted on the bread from heaven. We have been drinking from the water of the well, springing up into everlasting life. But there is always a Jericho that we come up against. Joshua 6 chapter, uh, 6, chapter 1 tells us, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Let me detour for a moment. Say that some are satisfied right there. None go out, none come in. You don't bother me, I won't bother you. Some churches are satisfied right there. Well, we haven't gained any, but hey, we haven't lost any. But God is never satisfied with containment. To just suppress the enemy is never victory. God, oh God, help me, Jesus. I said, to, oh God, just to suppress the enemy is never victory over the enemy. God, help me. I'm going to get down to the nitty-gritty here. To just suppress lust is not victory over lust. To just suppress your anger is not victory over your temper. Oh, God, help me. To just suppress the urge to tell a lie is not victory over a lying spirit. And just to, oh, God, help me. Uh, just to suppress your sarcastic and degrading remarks of criticism and your cutting and snide remarks about someone doesn't mean you have victory over your nasty spirit of maliciousness. You see, to suppress something means to hold it back or hold it inside. And if you're just holding it inside, this is not victory. Total victory only comes when you allow the power of the Holy Ghost to work in your life to destroy the things that threaten to destroy you. God, I'm preaching to somebody. My God, I... 
You have to let the Holy Ghost do what David did after he killed Goliath. He took Goliath's own sword and he cut Goliath's head off. Don't be content to leave the problem laying dead at the altar. Make sure it's indeed dead and then cut its head off at the root of the problem. Make sure another grows another ugly head. I said make sure, oh God, make sure it never grows another ugly head. David was making sure that giant then never was going to get back up and bother God's people ever again. And you need to make sure you get total victory and total deliverance over the Goliath that's in your life. I want us to look for a few minutes at what's involved in having a barefoot breakthrough. The first thing Joshua did was to circumcise the children of Israel. In chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, God spoke to Joshua and commanded that he circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And then in verses 4 through 7, you can read the reason that God commanded circumcision was because all those that had been circumcised before had, had died off while they had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And now it was their children uh, whom God had raised up in their stead uh, that Joshua circumcised because they had not taken the time to circumcise them while they wandered in the wilderness. I believe there's a very important principle that God's imparting to us. God is informing us that we need to sanctify ourselves. Take the word of God and cut ourselves loose from everything of the flesh. This world has been a wilderness. And we need to make sure that we cut ourselves free from this world. All its allurements and all of its enticement. Circumcise yourself with Holy Ghost power. I said circumcise yourself with Holy Ghost power. In verse number 13. That the very next thing he did is that when he was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked. He looked beyond the massive walls. He looked beyond the intimidation of the mighty fortress city. You might say that he looked over to the hills from whence cometh his help. And when he did, he saw a man overdrawn against him with his sword drawn. And Joshua looked at him and he went up to him and said art thou for us or for the, are, are thou against us and in verse 14 the man replied nay but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him what saith my Lord unto his servant Joshua aligned himself with God because he recognized God himself had just paid him a visit and Joshua fell on his face and worshiped. And I want to tell somebody in here tonight, amen, worship is the keynote of spiritual destiny. Let me say it again. Worship is the keynote of spiritual destiny. Worship creates the atmosphere for hearing God's voice. 
Oh, I said, let me say it again. Worship creates the atmosphere for hearing God's voice. Oh, thank you, Brother Self, for helping me preach. I wish somebody else had helped me preach tonight. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, it opens our eyes to what God wants to accomplish, not only in our personal life, but in each and every service when we assemble ourselves at the house of God. When we worship God, it opens our ears to hear God's voice. When the man of God preaches the word of God. Oh, that's why some people let the preached word of God go in one ear and out the other because they never worship. So in turn, they never hear the word of God. If you really want to hear what this man preaches, worship before he gets up here to preach. I said worship. Worship creates the atmosphere for the conception of the miraculous. It was when Hannah worshiped God after pouring out herself in bitterness of soul and in weeping prayer to God to hear her for a child of God that God granted her request and she conceived and gave birth to a child. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 we read, and they rose up early in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it come to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying because I have asked him of the Lord. Oh God, I could stop here and preach a while. You hear me? You want anything from God? Pour out your your petition and your request before God. I I said God is good. My God, he is faithful. I said he will hear you. Worship brings revival. I said worship brings revival. And when this church will weep in bitterness of soul and then worship, we will also bear children. I said worship brings revival. And when this church will weep in bitterness of soul and then worship, I said and then worship, and then worship, we will also bear children. Finally, in verse 15 of our text, we come to where the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe off of thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. It may seem silly, it may seem absolutely ridiculous. But God said, loose thy shoe from off of thy foot. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, 
Note it was on the shoulders of the barefooted priest that God entrusted the ark of his presence. And if we are ever going to possess our spiritual inheritance, we must become barefooted. We must take off the shoes of our personal agenda, the shoes of our own selfish ambition, the shoes of our spiritual contentment. God help me that we must give up on our own personal plans and our own self-will to God's will and God's purpose walking softly and gently before him in total obedience it symbolizes an exchange life my plans for his plans my will for his will my desires for his desires anybody ready to take your shoes off yet I said is anybody ready Oh, I'm ready to take my shoes off. I want to see a move of the Holy Ghost. I said, I want to eat katarabo hosea. I want to see a move of the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Well, I'm lopsided. Then in chapter 6, verse 2, God basically tells Joshua, now the city is yours. I don't know what walls of difficulties you may be facing tonight, but I can tell you this. God is looking for some barefoot worshipers. Instead of griping and grumbling and complaining about the problems in your life, and we all got them. I said, I said, we all got them. Just take your shoes off and start worshiping him. I said, take your shoes off and start worshiping him. Uh, that's what Job did. One, one disastrous report after another had reached Job beers, telling him that all his livestock had either been stolen or killed. All his servants had been killed either by the Sabaeans or the Chaldeans or by fire from heaven. And all of his children had either been killed by what is described as a great wind from the wilderness. And seemingly from a natural perspective, he lost everything. Job kept himself connected to his destiny through worship. Even after hearing all of this, Job still worshiped God. For I read in the book of Job chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down on the ground and worshiped and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job was saying, God, I sure don't understand what you're doing. I, I don't know why you're making me go through this. But one thing I do know, I know I had absolutely nothing before you gave me everything. And I'm not going to be able to take anything out of here. So whether I have anything or nothing at all, I'm still going to worship you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I have two choices. I can get bitter or I can get better. And I refuse to let Satan destroy me with an attitude of bitterness. Uh, so whatever I have to do uh, and however I have to do it, uh, I have decided to go ahead uh, and get my barefoot breakthrough. Uh, so praise God anyhow. Praise God anyhow. <laughs> however, 
Not only is the right attitude important in our obtaining your breakthrough. Obedience. Oh, God, I feel this. Is the key to total victory. Anybody got your shoes off yet? Who said that? Got one? You got both of them off? Okay. Thank God, brother. God gave directions to Joshua. They were not suggestions. I don't know why I keep saying that. I think I said that this morning. They were his commandments. And his and the children of Israel's, uh, their victory was totally reliant upon their obedience. God commanded Joshua to have the people march around the city one time every day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they were to march around seven times. Seven is God's number. It stands for completion, maturity, totality, fruition, and total obedience. Why six is the number of man. Six represents the effort of man. Incomplete and insufficient but necessary. Because you can't have a seven without first having a six. <laughs> In other words, God expects us to do our part. Ah, uh, seven is complete obedience, uh, regardless of what it looks like, uh, whether it sounds like or feels like. Uh, Hebrews 6 and 12 says uh, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them uh, who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Uh, Hebrews 10 uh, verse 36 says, uh, for ye have need of patience, uh, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Uh, uh, finally, uh, in Joshua 6, 16, uh, we read where Joshua said unto the people shout for the Lord hath given you the city get your shoes off sis amen hey looky there I got a couple of them amen you got red toes I got gold amen shout for the Lord hath given you the city there comes a time when you know you have lifted up your eyes above your problem. God help me. And you've taken off your shoes and stood barefooted and worshiped God. And you have aligned yourself with God. And you've obeyed his voice. And you've learned how to speak only that which builds up and edifies. All that's left for you to do is to shout. Not because everything looks right or sounds right or feels right, but because God has said the victory is yours and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Someone in this place, stand with me, musicians come, needs to get a revelation of what praise is. Praise is expressing itself audibly. Praise is faith expressing itself audibly. Faith has a voice. Oh, 
I said faith has a voice. Faith calls those things which be not as though they are. And those things that be as though they were not. Oh, faith, here's God say it's done. Faith, oh God, faith looks for God to do it and then shouts because they believe that it's done. Everybody lift your hands and love him right now. Oh, God. Faith hears God say it's already done. And faith looks for God to do it. And then shouts because it believes it's done. I'm talking to someone tonight who needs a barefoot breakthrough. A barefoot breakthrough is victory over or through a wall or anything that resents a united front of opposition against you and the will of God in your life. Everybody needs a breakthrough at some point in their lives. I said every one of us need a breakthrough at some point in our lives. <laughs> God help me. Every one of us will come to a place in our life where we face something that presents itself before us as a united, unbroken wall of opposition. I said every one of us are going to be there. The good news is that our God is the God of the breakthrough. I said our God is a God of the breakthrough. He told Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, God is saying all the united powers in opposition to hell put together will not be able to stop the movement and progress of someone who decides I'm going to be obedient I'm going to get my barefoot breakthrough why don't somebody else kick off your shoes of fear doubt and unbelief kick off the shoes of your past kick off the shoes of your uncertain future and the shoes of your own self will and have a barefoot breakthrough. Come on, somebody. Kick off your shoes. I said, kick off your shoes. Kick off your shoes. I said, we're fixing to have a breakthrough. I said, we're fixing to have a breakthrough. Uh, Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout for God has given you the city. Shout for God. I said, shout. 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 